On this episode, we talk Snapchat marketing, email marketing, and what I'm up to in making an app. You ask questions, and I answer them. This is the Ask Gary B. This is Gary Vay, Nerd Chuck, and this is episode 122 of the Ask Gary V Show. Very laser focused this Monday morning. It's that 6 a.m. yoga stunwin that gets me into the right mindset. Uh, feeling very good. Had a tremendous weekend. Did some long form Facebook posts on Sunday that completely ripped the house down. Getting a lot of head nods here from the team. Felt really good about that, so that's intriguing. I'm really enjoying the interaction. Spent a ton of time with the kids. Feeling pretty good. Can smell football in the air as training camps are starting to open up very shortly. That excites me. But I'm, I'm really ready, India, for a very, 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 very laser foot. As a matter of fact, Game Boy's cool, but if laser tag was on the table, that would make much more sense for this lasery Monday focus that I'm bringing to episode 122 of the Ask Gary V Show. So India, I don't know how your weekend was, but Really, that's nice. I, I very much noticed, you saw my response to you wearing that shirt. I am pumped India as a Jets fan is a good proxy. By the way, yeah, we, this show has not seen, we, when did we, wait a minute, we went through Jets season last year. Yeah. Oh yeah. But it was such a shit season oh, yeah. that it didn't really impact the show. I have bigger hopes this year, so get ready. I think, uh, I think uh, the show has a hell of a lot more, more momentum going into this year, so India, let's, Get into the show. <laughs> Where are our t-shirts on this? People are demanding the show t-shirts. I don't see any of the designers around. Andrew, I saw Zach coming up the elevator. Maybe they're working on the shirt. Maybe they're working on the shirt. Let's go. Natalie asks, if you were a college graduate today and didn't have your family business, how would you handle the job market? Natalie, thank you so much. Big shout out to everybody who was out in LA. That was a really phenomenal night for me as well. A lot of people came out, I appreciate it. Um, Well, first of all, I wouldn't attack the job market because uh, even at the age of nine or 10, long before I even realized my parents had a liquor store, uh, kind of, uh, you know, as my dad managed that store and was buying into a business, I was already slinging, as you heard in episode 118, you know, blue curtains and alarm clocks and, and clearly you've heard the stories of lemonade and baseball cards. There is no attacking the job market for my DNA uh, because I would try to start a business, especially right now. I would completely take advantage of the fact that there's an enormous amount of dumb money trying to become investors in startups, meaning Unlike the generation where I became an angel investor, 2009, 2008, 2010, 11, right now, every dentist, every real estate agent, every trust fund baby in their 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s, anybody who had a good career on Wall Street is now an investor looking for their Mark Zuckerberg. Uh, I would take advantage of that. I would, uh, I would network. Uh, I assume if, if I was in college, I would ask professors, I would ask friends of family, I would just ask. I, I think when you're at the bottom, asking is quite important. And so I would ask for at-bats, try to network. I would use 
the incredible tool that is known as Twitter and I would be replying to people that I aspire to get in touch with. Uh, I don't, I, you know, it's funny to me to see the people that give up after asking to meet with me for a few minutes after three or four no's um, and I know that I'm inducing now a ton of Twitter chatter to, to meet with me and I hope you saw the video I made my, for myself, the advice I've given myself. D-Rock, give him a two second clip. And so I need to get my shit together so I apologize I'm letting you down but the truth is I need to heed to this advice I'm giving myself. You know, so I won't see you, but I would have saw you six months ago. And Cuban, or Jack Welsh, or Zucks, or Elon Musk, or you just never know when they'll actually sit down with you. And then there's a million people that maybe you don't know who've been successful, who've got leverage, who've got money. And so I would attack the reality of the marketplace. And the reality of the marketplace right this second is tons of cash, looking for young people with ideas. I think it's a broken bubble. I think that gets exposed. I think 99% of people are not gonna deliver on that investment. I think I'd be one of the 1% that would uh, deliver on that investment. So I'd be looking for, while in college, and like I did in college, instead of looking to hook up and do keg stands, I'd be looking for business partners and business opportunities. Um, I think for anybody else that is not wired like me, which I think is a far majority of of this show's audience, I would tell you this piece of advice. If you are 22 years old, if you are, the amount of people that settle for the first paying job versus living with 19 friends on the floor and eating 99 cent meals, blows my mind in lieu of trying to get your dream job versus what you settled for. Please, from 22 to 24, don't settle. You know, go for your dream job, pound for it, and if you can't get into VaynerMedia, then go for the second best or third best or fourth best on your list. Please start with the moon and go backwards. The amount of you that start at a hilltop and just settle there is an enormous mistake because 22 to 24 is when you should live <laughs> really, really humble, ghetto, dirt. Like that's that's it. That's the time. You know, to settle in in the middle only lends itself to so much upside. So aspire for as high as you possibly can, and be patient. It sucks not having a job in September when all your friends do, or your friends that were juniors the year before are going back to school, and you're like, the pressure's on, and maybe your parents don't like that you don't have a job. But that's exactly when you should be buying random stuff at Goodwill and selling it on eBay to pay your $80 worth of rent because you have 94 roommates in a studio, that's it. Get dirty. Cuz, and I know I paused there, cuz getting dirty is the price to having what you want. The, the dramatic misunderstanding that amazing things come with a price. A lot of people talk about rich kids. I really negatively look at rich kids. As I look negatively at my kids because they're about to be rich kids. That's just real. Sorry, Xander and Misha. Eat it. Um, but you know what comes with the price of being a rich kid? People completely, did. you basically lost in the game of winners. You basically, from day one, you were born into money. You actually aren't good. You were handed it. You suck. That's it. You've lost. That's the price that comes along with it. And take it from somebody who cried every day because his dad had a small family business and I was petrified because I knew I had the talent that everybody would say that things were handed to me. Cried every day with my mom on the phone. I'm not coming into the family business even though I can help it, even though I want to, I don't because then everybody's gonna say that it was handed to me. In the scheme of things, I was an idiot. Didn't realize how small it was to the world but 
Everything's got a price. Everything's got a price. You're beautiful? That life is much better when you're beautiful. That's, that's what we all say. I agree with that. But more realistically, you get completely disrespected. You get disrespected. You can't be smart. You can't be good. You're just too beautiful. I'm, I'm serious. I'm really tired of people thinking everybody's got it better. Everybody has advantages. You know what the advantages of are being ghetto and on welfare and being nothing and having nothing, being a, home, a child of a homeless parent? You know what the advantage is? angry. You've got a ridiculous chip on your shoulder. You want to stick it to everybody. All of them. Use what you've got. Use what you've got. That was good. You know, that was another <laughs> You weren't sure somebody? Yeah. We're ready? No, that's it. We can move on. You see, there's an article that's been making the rounds saying that the only millennials who are being vaguely financially successful are the only reason any millennials are making any money is because their parents were able to pay off their yeah. Basically. Yeah, I mean, because they, the college loans are bringing everyone down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, this college loan, I mean, college is the racket. It is the singular racket. These are businesses that are, I was just walking with James Orsini, he said, went to a college this week, I don't want to blow up his daughter's spot, but like, wow. You know what his line was? It was like Disneyland. Of course it was like Disneyland, James. They made it look like Disneyland, so you buy it. Like, the Racket, the racket, college loans that you can't even declare bankruptcy to get out of. That gives you a piece of paper that does not map to anything that's going on in the real world. Zero, zero reality other than the jobs, lawyers, doctors. I know the cliche shit, but I'm talking business and and you're not watching this for lawyer shit. So business just does not map. Like if I could spur some excitement right now is if you are watching this and you are collecting Debt to go to college to be a business person? Quit right now. Send this email to mom. Sorry, mom. Fuck off. I don't want you to wrap your self-esteem into little Johnny's life so you can tell your friends that he goes to Dartmouth. He's gonna lose. Get him the fuck out. Off to a solid start here, huh? <laughs> India? Oh, a video. Hey, Gary! Huge fans of your show. We've watched all 109 episodes. We thought it was about time we asked you a question. Here it is. I co-founded Ice Cream Social a few months ago, and we're planning to have a live stream summit in September. Here's my question. Without having a huge following in brand equity, how do we approach companies to participate in our live stream summit? Thanks, Gary. Thanks, Gary. Hold on, I like the music. Uh, that's a tremendous question and actually a very easy one for me to answer. You need to sell people the upside versus the reality. Selling oftentimes is also predicated on where you're going versus what you have to offer now, India. And so what I would sell to them is like, look, we're two badass chicks, we're gonna win and you're gonna, be, you're gonna wanna be a part of this and if you invest in us now, if you give me a thousand dollar check now, though it might only be worth 350 or it might only be worth 500 in your mind, I promise you that when you write us a check for 2,000 in two years, it's gonna be 10,000 because I'm gonna give you an 80% discount because you, Ricky Thompson, are making the commitment and you're believing in me. That is absolutely the only way to sell something that you don't have is to sell something that you're about to become, period. And by the way, as somebody who bets on that kind of stuff all day long, there are plenty of people 
that like the idea of locking in the next three years of sponsorship. And again, if you guys bail on this, you know, you gotta give the money back, you gotta be honorable, it's a long game. But the only way for you to get sponsors is to sell where you're going and make promises of financial upside for them in the future. Again, hey, cone maker, hey, people that, this is Ice Cream Social, right? Like, I'm not exactly sure exactly what you're doing, but like, hey, business that cares about the audience. This year it's gonna be smaller, but we're hustling, this is who we are, and they're either gonna believe you or not. You know, this is something I'm talking a lot about with people that have worked here for two or three years at Boehner and are complaining about stuff. I'm like, look, if you've worked for me for two to three years and you don't fully, blindly believe in me, then you should not work here. I've not been able to prove to you at this point, we're not getting anywhere here because my patience is running out. And so, I don't know why, I just wanted to randomly say that for anybody who's watching at VaynerMedia. Um, the, the point of it is, the point of it is, you, they're either gonna, oh, I remember. They're either gonna trust you or not when you sell them the dream of where you're going over the next two to three years. So sell them the dream and then execute the dream. Melissa asks, when are you going to make an app and what would it be like? Why not have a jab, jab, jab app? Well, so on this show, I talk a whole lot about betting on your strengths and not focusing on your weaknesses. I, uh, I as a product leader, don't feel like very strong on it. I've got too much going on right now. I don't want to stretch myself thin. Uh, every time I build products, they're always half pregnant. If I ever build an app or a product, it will be the singular thing I do, or at least the 1A a la VaynerMedia. Um, and so, you know, I'm just not interested in building it. It doesn't, like even the question, it's crazy India, like even when I like started like answering the question, it doesn't feel good. Like I was clearly passionate about the things I talked about in, that, in the first question. I'm clearly not passionate right now. You can even tell by my general energy in answering this. Like I just have zero interest in building an app. Um, I'm aware that apps are good. It's the word on the street. They do well. You can build big businesses. I understand. Uh, but I understand myself better than my ambition to scratch that itch, which is actually quite low. Uh, it's been higher in the past, but I think you know I mature along the way as well and, and start e- you know eating my own dog food and and uh, and I just I just don't uh, I haven't invested in it. The only reason this show exists is I invested in infrastructure. If I decide to hire two full-time developers, and really really decide to hire two full-time developers, which I could do at any point, that's not the problem. It's me giving them him and her, you know, the, the energy to actually architect an app, right now I just don't feel compelled to do that at all. And so, and so you know, I'm actually gonna, like you can see I brought the big comma in. This is where I wanna make it more valuable for a lot of you. Way too many of you, and obviously this weekend I got to see a lot of engagement and really dug into some rabbit holes on you. Way too many of you are doing one of two things incorrectly in my opinion. One, you're letting the market tell you what you should do. You should start an app. You should be a guru. You should sell ebooks. You should start a company. You should, you should, you should, you should, you should, you should, right? Number two, you're actually convincing yourself because you aspire to be something you're not. I aspire to build the next Instagram or Snapchat. That'd be really rad. It'd be really great. Um, it's just not in me. And so more self-awareness, less, uh, less uh, pondering, less listening, listen to yourself. Except when yourself is bullshitting you. Then counter it with, stop bullshitting me, Gary. All right, sorry. (laughs) Hi 
Gary, my name's Anne Marie, and I'm wondering how small businesses can best utilize Snapchat. Like, should they be posting coupons or promotions or maybe doing day in the life diaries? Would love to know your answer. Thanks. Anne Marie? Hi, Gary. My... Anne Marie, the answer is yes. All of the above. Uh, you need to put out compelling content. Compelling content, in my opinion, falls into two very distinct categories. One, entertainment and escapism. Two, utility and value. That's it. That's how I see it. Either you're entertaining me because I need to escape the reality of I can't pay rent and I have 94 roommates because this idiot on the internet told me to find my dream job. (laughs) Buying random stuff at Goodwill and selling it on eBay to pay your $80 worth of rent because you have 94 roommates in a studio. That's it. Get dirty. Or, (laughs) you like the recall? You like the recall, Steve. You always like the recalls. Callbacks are good. Um, Callbacks, thank you for the proper terminology. Uh, Or two, you're a utility, right? Like you just bring absolute value. I think think the show works because I think I mix both in pretty nicely. Um, But it's one or the other. And so on Snapchat, you either gotta do that, entertain them, make it funny. Don't forget the context of Snapchat skews younger. You know, a lot of it is mundane, silly stuff. Um, or you can bring utility, which is you gamify it and say, here's a coupon or a code, you know, save it because it's gonna disappear. You play with that. Utility or entertainment, it's very clear. It's funny, you led the question, Amory. You know the answer. I, I love having you on the show, but you, you, know, you absolutely led the answer, which is you gave the examples that will work. You know what to do. Now it's less about asking me and more about doing it. Amy Porterfield. Amy. Hi, I'm Amy Porterfield, and I've got a question for you. So in your book, The Thank You Economy, you talk a lot about letting your audience decide if they want to get to know you more versus persuading them that they should. So when it comes to email marketing, what are some tips you have for communicating with your audience in a way that doesn't kill the connection because you're being too persuasive? Mm, That's a good question. Email marketing is a tricky one. You know, I, I think, Amy, it's funny, you, you referenced thank you economy. I think the answer to email marketing is found in my next book title, which is Jab, 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 Right Hook. I mean, think about all the email services you are signed up to and or have been over the last three or four years as so many of you start to siphon off of uh, being on email lists. So many of those email lists are in pure utility, right? They're retail, they're giving you deals, they're very action-oriented. Nobody in that space is throwing enough jabs. We at Wine Library aren't. I, I still think I want to take my, I'm going to use this to take my own advice. We need to start sending at least once or twice a month. It's so hard because you're siphoned on the drug of sales. But you've got to put out content. As a matter of fact, Steve, I want you to work with Brandon right now. I want to send an email with the last five stories we wrote on the site. And I want to send it out as just, you know, with the title of like reading for you around the wine world. Let's play with it a little bit. Um, so, you know, that, like, instead of everyone being like, here's a deal, $49.99, Game Boy, old school, you know, you need to start putting out the history of Nintendo, right? So more content, more content that kind of allows people to be less on the defense. Every email that comes in, it's like, it's at you, right? With content that has no purpose other than to entertain or inform or bring utilitarian value to the user, you're, you're getting their guard down. You're, you're bringing them value, which opens them up so much more for the sale. And so um, 
I, I think that's the way to go. I, I really do. I think, and I think mixing the two is intriguing. Uh, you know, uh, I'm curious if what Steve and I are about to do with Wine Library lends itself to more content in the mix of the sale. And I don't like blending jabs and right hooks, but I always like testing. So a bunch of people ask me, like, Gary, you know, did you read Jab, 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 Right Hook? These posts on Facebook and Instagram this weekend don't feel native. Well, maybe they are. I mean, by results of the way people responded to Facebook, maybe they're very native. Maybe native changes because native does change. And so, um, always testing. Always testing. That's it? Great. That was a good show. I like that show. Uh, Question of the day. And actually, lurkers, a lot of you came out this weekend. I need more of you. To define a lurker to you, if you do not know what I mean, it's you're a piece of crap. You watch a show, you take, take, take. I'm not charging you for it. And you've never commented, which is the only fuel and payback that I ask for. The only one. You've just taken. You're just a take. You know what? You're not a lurker. You're a taker. That feels even worse. You're a goddamn taker. So please, if you're a taker, jump in and leave a comment and say, hey, I'm enjoying the show. Hey, cool. Or maybe answer the following question, which I think is interesting. What is your favorite email list that you're on right now? Not all time, right this second. Which email service is providing you the most value? You keep asking questions, I'll keep answering them. Good, tight show.